Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of Wait, You're a Scout. With World Scout Jamboree kicking off this week, I thought it was only right that I have my international-ish themed uh, podcast out this week. So I've got my interview with the lovely Kiwi who has done so many different international things, I've kind of lost count. Um, You'll hear all of his stories and all of the roles he's done in the interview. But I just like to say for anyone that's listening to this on a train, coach, boat, hiking however you are getting yourselves to plane even to the world scout jamboree i hope you have the best time i'm incredibly jealous as is everyone that isn't there but uh yeah i hope you're having an awesome time and hopefully this podcast will entertain you when you've got i would say quite five minutes but probably trying to like sleep because of jet lag or whatever it is um and for those not at the world scout jamboree i hope you enjoy this too and it gives you some time to sort of not be quite as jealous as we all are um yeah so interview with kiwi he is honestly a legend like if you ever get to see this guy at he's normally at gilwell reunion and other gilwell scouty events all over the place um yeah he's a great guy hope you enjoy the interview genuine legend um just a quick warning for any parents or anyone that's listening to this with their young people in the car or just generally around there is a little bit of bad language but you know it's a podcast and I wasn't gonna censor it. Um, yeah, so that's my little warning. There's not a lot, but you know, sensitive is. Um, and also sound quality may not be 100% at the start. We did record this in a pub, which kind of says it all for me and Kiwi really. Um, yeah, so enjoy this week's episode. And yeah, here it is. Hi guys, uh, this week I'm joined by the lovely Kiwi. Uh, Kiwi, do you wanna tell us a little bit about your role in scouting do at the moment uh yeah so yeah so my role's a little bit um i guess convoluted a little bit um so i'll start from um kind of uh county level stuff what i do uh, i'm assistant county commissioner for international for great london middlesex west um on a um, national kind of national role that i've taken on recently is the um, uh, appointments committee uh so the uk hq appointments committee which i'll be starting um, this month and uh, international wise and probably something that's very very close to my heart is Kandersteg International Scout Centre um, which I, I'm, I'm the coordinator for the UK work parties and I am the UK representative for the committee and uh, I'm the lead and it's very sad, very very uh, pretentious but I don't mean it to be uh, it's the role they've given me I'll keep, keep trying to change it but they won't um, it's, I'm the lead ambassador for the UK uh, Rogue Candlestick International Scout Centre in the UK. Very wordy, but essentially I tell people about Candlestick and how awesome it is, <laughs> but I get called an ambassador as a result of it. So, yeah, that's who I am. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah. It's quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps me busy. It's all right. So, um, how did you actually? get into scouting like what's the thing that brought it to you uh, so my cousin uh, my cousin was the reason that i got into scouting um he's actually not a member anymore and um, he left actually um after scouts um but i joined as um when i was linking as <coughs> beaver beavers and cubs okay and i um yeah i went down and i i, I loved it like it was awesome like it was a, a not cool bunch of people 
doing, you know, we were very, very lucky. Our, our scout hut, we had a really big field. Um, you know, my first evening was we went outside and we did, like, play games and stuff. I was like, this is really cool. Like, it's like a youth club, but yeah, with all the mates and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so it was really cool, yeah. So that's how I got involved. Did you uh, stay with the same group all the way through scouting then, or? Yeah, yeah, so I stayed with Fourth Hounslow um, from. Um, so be the slash Cubs, um, so more Cubs really, um, Cub Scouts, uh, Venture Scouts, uh, and then when I was doing my Venture Scouting is when I became a leader uh, for my Queen Scout Award to do my service, Okay. so I was helping out with the Scout section, um, and yeah I did my Scouting back at Fourth Hounslow, <laughs> uh, so my Friday nights, like most people, Fridays or Wednesdays or Tuesdays or Mondays, whenever, um, but yeah every Friday was spent helping at scouts um yeah that was really cool so um four pounds though sort of where you based all of your oh, yeah, scouting yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. your friday night um yeah. so how did you go from sort of that into the bigger roles that you're doing now um so so i guess i so i'll be honest so i i after i finished my service i, I was kind of like i wasn't sure i really really enjoyed scouting and i was like do i want to commit all this time, you know, I'm 20 years old, it's, you know, my friends are going out on a Friday night, and, and actually I realised the enjoyment that I got out of scouting, like yeah. a real enjoyment of working with young people was phenomenal, just seeing them develop is, it's pretty awesome, like it really is, and that's, so I kind of, um, took on, took on the role as an assistant scout leader, took out a warrant, um, decided to do my training, uh, the old days when it was, Leadership one and leadership two. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's called L one and L two. I think it was called back then. Um, but essentially, it's all of the modular training that you have now, uh, but broken down over two weekends. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was it was mandatory that it was res- um, it wasn't mandatory, but most people it was residential. Right. So you'd stay, and what I realised is by, by after doing training was that when I went to to do my training and I spoke to other scout leaders from different groups they were going through the same challenges that I was yeah uh, you know we need the young people uh, being destructive or you know how do you try and get young people to respect you or you know and I realized that I wasn't alone yeah and actually that was a real key defining moment of why I now am so passionate about training um, because that to me is what scouting is all about. We have a real capacity and a, we have a real opportunity to network with other people. And because when you can do that, you all of a sudden realise that A, you're not the only person in the world. Yeah. And B, the problems that you're going through, somebody else is going through the same th- stuff. Yeah. And when they're going through that same shit, you can be like, oh, oh, well, how did you deal with that? And, then, and that's how you start networking, that's how you build friends, and that's, you know, that's how. That's how we grow as a, as a society. You know, we talk to each other. Yeah. And yeah, so for me, that's where my passion of scouting came, and uh, well, passion for training came. Um, but I was very, very. Um, I guess. I guess in a way, the group that I was with sort of had this kind of perception around, and I put perception in inverted commas around. Oh, you don't want to help at district level, they don't really understand what happens at district. You don't want to help right. at county level, they don't know what they're doing. 
you only want to stay at group level because that's real scouting and and to a real degree that is really true you know the grassroots of scouting is phenomenal you know um, Tim Kidd and I, you know I'm sure he won't mind me saying this with all due respect won't have a role wouldn't have a role without the people that grassroots do their scouting you know everyone who um, does a lot of kind of publicity stuff for scouting Bear Grylls Steve Blackshaw Dwayne Dwayne Fields all these people they wouldn't have diddly squat to do if it wasn't for people yeah. on the front line so they are the absolutely absolutely the key people our leaders that front line week in week out work with young people they are the most important people and we should never ever ever forget that so this is a shout out to anyone that has a role from group level and above do not forget your leaders on the front line do not forget them because they are the most vital and important people um but my my i guess foundation was built upon working on frontline scouting right and working i spent five years working as a scout a city scout leader um and then spent it overlapped a little bit but the next five years working as an assistant sports scout leader and you know every monday um so every friday for the first five years and every monday for the last five years with a bit of an overlap of monday and friday um you know my time was spent running activities for young people um and i've talked about leaders but obviously scouting is about young people you know that's yeah. fundamentally that why we do what we do um yeah, it's why we're sitting in a pub now and talking about scouting yeah. because that's that's who we are um and again we mustn't ever forget that everything is about our young people and something that is a bit of a shout out i guess to any explorer scout leader or even a scout leader listen to your young people if they want to do some if they want to do some activities listen to what they want to do ask them what they want to do don't decide this is what i think we should do and then yeah. ask the young people why don't you ask them give them a voice like because the young people are the future of this world they are going to be the future Theresa May's, hopefully not dance as bad, um, <laughs> and David Cameron's, um, you know, and but they're going to be the future Bear Grylls. So the only way that we're going to empower them to do that is by being honest and real and encouraging them to be as honest as possible. And we do that by giving them the tools to tell them what they want to do. And that's how we do it. Um, and that's, that's why I love scouting so much. Um, but yeah, so... I digress a little bit, but, but basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> um, but so why why did I get into the more senior role? So I, when I was about twenty four, I think twenty three or twenty four. So I'd been doing um, scouting for a little while, and it was at the time when venture scouting was um, was finishing and. Um, Scout Network was starting. Okay. So a role came up of being a um, a, a, a network coordinator. Right. And my peers at the time uh, put me forward. Well, put me forward, but said that you know, and my my old event scout leader Paul Dixon said, look, you know, I think you should apply for this Kiwi. I think you've got the right attitude. You're passionate about scouting. You want to, you know, build up network and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, became a network coordinator, and then. I then became a district network coordinator within a few months um, and then at the same time I um, I became a, the young person's representative on our county executive. Okay. So our county, and, and I mean I'm 37 now, so I was a young person's representative when I was 22, 23. Right. So we're talking like 15 years ago, like, you know, there are some counties, not naming any names, but there are some counties who don't even have young people on their county executive. 
another big shout out get young people on your on your executive um, but our county was very forward-thinking in that way right and Chad Lake at the time the county commissioner and Nigel Coopy who, who was actually the chairperson um, said look we need to get young people on the executive um, and I actually took over from another guy um, so yeah I was a young person's representative you know it was my it was my role to be on the county executive and and have a voice and those that know me will know that I am quite gobby and quite stand up. Really I know, I know. It's hard to I believe. Mean, isn't it? Never would have guessed. <laughs> I get told this. I can't think why. No. Um, but yeah. So when when I when I disagree with with certain subjects, I would be very vocal about it. Um, yeah. Um, but actually, my my um, first experience of doing that sort of scouting stuff came when I was much younger when Chad Lake took me to a regional meeting okay. um, at Gilwell. And I remember this meeting, and I'll never forget it, and Chad still talks about it now. And mainly because I nearly got into a punch-up with um, a, vent, uh, an, a county venture scout leader, <laughs> um, because he refused to speak to young people, and I told him that he was basically an idiot. Um, I haven't actually got any less... Um, you know, less, as subtle as a sledgehammer. Um, I've just tried to kind of wind my neck in a little bit now. Um, try not to punch people. Try not to punch people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was a bit of a delinquent young child when I was when I was younger. Um, but, but yeah, that was my first experience of kind of getting in and doing. You know, my, it was my first role of being on a county executive. I'd never been on an executive in my life. Yeah. I had no idea what all this paper, you know, you get all this paperwork through, you're like, how the hell do I read through this? I don't know what to do. Minutes, agendas, like, I, yeah. you know. Um, but fortunately, I had Paul Dixon, who was my venture scout leader, who was also one of my one of my mentors, one of my very closest friends, uh, like a real father figure to, to me. Um, and he mentored me the way, all the way through and helped me understand what county executive was all about, yeah. what, what the rules were. How, how the meeting is conducted and all that sort of stuff um, and actually I remember and I think if you're a leader I think some of you might or might not remember this but you remember the, the yellow card yeah so when I became a leader I wanted to become a leader Paul sat me down in his kitchen at 63 63 lamps and their old previous house we sat down we had a cup of tea and he talked me through the yellow card and we went through each each and he talked about what it meant now to me that was really fundamental because yeah. it gave me my real foundation of what it meant to be a leader. So I don't know how many other leaders do that now with new yeah. leaders. I think I think I think some of them do and some of them don't. Um, but again, it just shows the value of what mentors can be like and what what your influences can be like. Now, Paul Dixon was my scout leader first, then he became my event scout leader, then he became a colleague who sat down with me in a kitchen, known me from eight years old. Yeah. but it worked, it worked me all the way through and showed me this is what it's like to be a leader now that's the influence that scouting can have yeah that's why we do what we do and that's when i saw that and i've grown up with that and seen people like paul dixon and ian willis and jackie uh, and pat and chad and all these people who had been a massive influence in my life that's what i wanted to do i wanted to be an influence for other people and i wanted to be a positive influence because yeah. of the amazing stuff that had happened in my life um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of where I where I went onto it, and then I ended up becoming a county uh, county network sorry no county network coordinator. Yeah. 
no, County Scout and Network Manager, CSNC, okay. that's it. Um, so that was my first county role when I was 23, right. 24. Um, so yeah, that was an experience, um, you know, taking on a big role at that young age. But again, we've gone back to the same thing that I was given the opportunities because the county commissioner at the time, Chad Lake, believed in working with young people, believed in yeah. giving them an, an opportunity um, to try and better themselves. This is quite a big role as well. We think that you were network age and then also being a manager. Like a lot of the time, it's someone that's slightly older or been through network already, but for it to be quite fresh in a new concept, you be that age and then given that opportunity. That's that's quite a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. And, and, and I mean, at the same time, I, I've been invited to come on the accounting training team. Right. Which I was really, really excited about, you know, being a facilitator. And, you know, these. These roles, they're real, real big responsibilities, but, but in a way, I kind of, firstly, I took it in my stride, and I guess that's partly my upbringing, personality, whatever you want to call it. But also, I had people around me that support were supporting me, and were kind of guiding me and talking me through, you know, this is what happens on your first training course, when you facilitate, yeah. this is what's going to happen. Um, but for more, more importantly, and fundamentally, I was given an opportunity. Yeah. You know, as a young-ish person, I was given an opportunity, and the reality is, I could have completely cocked that up. But, yeah. but Chad was like, well actually, let's give you a chance to, to do it, and actually we're here to help you. And to me, that's what scouting's about. You know, when we when we influence and help our young people, we, we allow them to go hiking in the mountains and stuff like that, we give them that real insight of being leaders. Um, but yeah, so things have spiraled and just, just moved on from there, I guess. Um, you know, I went out to Kandestegg, was a pinky. Um, so how did that actually come about? Because, I mean, a lot of people know about Candice Egg, but like, mm. how do you actually become a pinky? Like, what was that process? So, um, so, so becoming a pinky, and the reason I became a pinky, so Chip, Chip Dixon, my best mate, uh, went out there in 1999-2000 uh, for the winter season. Right. And when I spoke to him over the phone, the amount of fun he was having, I was like, I need to do this. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. And, like, genuinely, I'd been to Candice Egg in the year 2000 and I fell in love with the place. It is the most beautiful place in the world. And there's a real sense of energy about international scouting there. It just, yeah. it vibes in the air, like genuinely does. And so I was like, I, I need to do this. I really want to do this. Um, and I applied in 2001 or 2002. Um, and I didn't get in. Okay. Um, so not a lot of people know that. Um, but I was like, right, I'm going to apply again. And I did, I applied in 2004. Um, so at the time, it was filling in a form, putting your stuff together, getting a reference from your international commissioner, like quite a lot of work. Um, and yeah, so I applied and I was successful in 2004. And it absolutely, absolutely... Yeah, yeah we'll, be, we'll be done by then. Sorry about that, guys. In a pub, and obviously, someone has our table later. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think she said 7:30. Oh, yeah, so it's like two hours, yeah. two hours and ten minutes. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, anyway, strange lady. Um, but yeah, so I, so I applied, and it yeah, fundamentally changed my life. You know, I went to Candlestick as a uh, cocky little shit. I still have a cocky <laughs> little shit, just a bit taller. But I, I went there with a real ignorance about life. Um, an ignorance around international scouting, a real ignorance around 
the impact that international scouting can have on somebody. And I came back and that was it. My passion was ignited like massively. I met scouts who deliver malaria injections in India. I met a scout, I met a scout leader called Isafu who his national um, national scouts paid for him to go to Kandersteg to learn about international scouting. His scouting is delivering sex education in Niger. It's teaching adults the importance of using condoms. Now, when we look at that, we take that for granted and we laugh about it. It might be a bit of a joke, but um, let's, let's think about the real fundamentals. He's yeah. stopping HIV and he's stopping AIDS. He's stopping these things that are happening and killing his country. He is, quote, making a real difference in this world. Yeah. He is making the world a better place. He's fundamentally doing everything that Ben and Powell said in his last quote. Like, I, I still have goose, like, my, like, like, I have hairs in the back of my neck that still stand up when I, when I think about that conversation. Because yeah. he would say to me, so what's your scouting like? And I'd be like, and I was almost embarrassed to sort of say, well, yeah, we kind of worry about when, whether we've got tents or whether we're going to go abroad this year or whether we're going to go camping. Yeah. His scouting is changing the world. It's changing his world. Now, just... Think about that for a second. Just take a moment to think about you doing something that a man called Baden Powell started to change the world, literally change the world. And we shouldn't, what I've further learned from going back to Kandersteg several times is that we shouldn't be embarrassed by the fact that we're very lucky. We shouldn't yeah. be embarrassed by the fact that we live in the country that we do, but we shouldn't take it for granted either. No. And that's the real important thing. I think. For me, when, when we talk about international scouting, like I spoke to a guy, Panche, who lived in Macedonia, and he lived through the Iron Curtain. He lived through living in one country, and lived in the same country where it was split in half, or split in four. Now, imagine this, just imagine for a second, you're living over here, we're sitting in this pub, opposite this pub is a place called Black Sheep Coffee. Today, you can just walk across the road. Tomorrow, you need a passport. Just imagine that for a second. What that feels like to know that you have to have a passport to go across the road. That's yeah. what it means. And actually, when you think about that and you see and you speak to people that have lived through it, you're like, wow, like, that's just incredible. Yeah. And of course, we have Northern Ireland and stuff like that. And, you know, people have lived through the peace process and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not saying that it's, there's any difference, but the fact is, speaking to somebody in Switzerland from Macedonia, was amazing yeah. and also having breakfast with somebody from Sweden and Germany then having lunch with somebody from America you know in Nigeria and Kenya you know that's that's what Candice is all about it really is the permanent mini jamboree that Ben and Powell wanted to set out um, so, so my I mean you can hear it in my voice my, my yeah, passion I mean, the way you talk about it yeah, is incredible my, yeah, my passion for international scouting is it's there like, I love it absolutely absolutely love it um, I will always be passionate about international scouting and that's why and when we talk about international scouting, and some be, some some BBs have said to me, "Oh, but how are we supposed to get international scouting in our groups?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can do the traditional stuff of having a traditional meal or whatever it might be. Why not get somebody from that country to come in and talk about their experiences in their life, dress up in their traditional costumes, celebrate one of their festivals? You know, there's so much you can do with international scouting, and what that does fundamentally, it broadens the young people, it broadens their yeah. horizons. They're, Actually, this little bubble over here, this is my world, actually my world's been expanded a little bit. 
and that's what it does. And I think as well, it's not just that bubble of this is my world, but it's like that bubble of scouting as well. Like, yeah. oh, this is what scouting is. But actually, like when I went out to Kansas as well, like speaking to some of the other pinkies, it was like, oh my god, that's so different to what I do. Even just on a what do you do with your equivalent of explorers, yeah. like that. Even that just variation on that smaller level. It's just like blimey, I never would have thought of that. Exactly. Or, I'm sorry, you you climbed. Kilimanjaro yeah. for however long. Great. Okay, that was your summer camp, and that blows your exactly. mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it's it's mad to think, like you know, we were talking about this earlier on before the podcast started. You know, Hannah, Hannah, and and Andrew. You know, they Andrew's from Scotland, Hannah's from Sussex. I think, is. I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, they never would have met. Probably, they might have. They might not have. I don't know. But when I set up the UK work party, it was all about for me. My key principles were getting 18 to 25 year olds to canisteg as much as possible. Secondly, getting a group of people to do some, some real key work in Candlestick and help the Scout Centre that I absolutely love with all my heart. And thirdly, thirdly to get more people out to apply as a pinky. But fourthly, and this is a really important one, to build international friendship. And I take that a step further, take international out for a second, building friendships. Now, it doesn't matter where you're from. Andrew and Hannah, they're from two parts of the country, yet they've become friends, and they're still friends now. Yeah. You know, they post on Facebook and wherever else. But they're good friends still. There are people in Canada, in you know, my mate Sam Tolly, he went up to Scotland for Burns Light, you know, to meet the guys from Scotland, loads of different guys from Scotland that he met from the UK work party. Now, whenever would that happen? Now, I'm not saying I'm some messiah or anything crap like that. Like, I, I didn't set it up um, thinking I'm amazing. I, I set it up because I knew that scouting can allow a platform for that to happen. And, and that to me, is why I absolutely love scouting. That's why I will always put my massive amounts of passion in back back in scouting because I've got so much out, you know? So how did the actual work party form? Because it's sort of one of those, I mean, to me, it's always one of those odd things you sort of plucked out the air, but yeah, what, what so, was that process like? So, so it was, so, 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 so going, going way back way, so there was about four or five Dutchies that went to Candlestick and they'd right. been guests there every year. They used to go in the quiet season, just go and do a bit of walking, and they said, "Look, have you got anything for us to do?" And Canister were like, "Well, yeah, like we could, we could get you to do a little bit of this. Like, what if you do a bit of work? You know, we'll give you some free food. We'll give you some food and lodgings. Perfect." So they did some work, and that, and the UK and, and the work parties were born. Not right. the UK work parties, but the work parties were born. And I'd always known about about work parties from years, like the Dutch work party, a legendary. Like they basically are the chainsaw work party like they go around yeah. and they cut various trees and they fell trees and everything else and so the Dutch work party happened and the German work party and the Portuguese work party and the Spanish work party and over the years I think they, they previously tried to set up a UK work party years and years ago but it didn't happen and I was like we need to have a UK work party like I'm <laughs> this this is my aim we are having a UK work party um, so I so I'd, I'd been at Kanishtig so many times that everyone knew me as Kiwi, everyone knew me as Kiwi out there. Um, and I said to Felipe, the, the um, centre manager at the time, um, who's operations manager, I said, look, we need to have a work party. He's like, yeah, man, that'd be awesome, Kiwi. Why don't you set it up? I was like, okay, cool. And then, <laughs> so yeah, so in 2013, set it up. And the first one, we had eight people. Uh, the second year, we had, 2014, we had 12 people. Uh, 2015, we had 15 people, I think it was. 2016, we had 18 people. 2017 we had another 15, 2018 this year, just, or last year, 
We had another 15, and again, 2019, we'll have um, 15 people set up. Wow. So basically, it, it was um, my cajoling, annoying people, telling them that they're going to do it, and I guess, I mean, I used to work in sales, so I can sell anything. I'm passionate <laughs> about it, I'll sell it to you. And so I, I, I was on a mission to sell the UK work party. Um, and we got people from Scotland. Um, um, yeah, we, haven't, we haven't had any people from Northern Ireland yet. So that's my shout out there, guys from Northern Ireland <laughs> and guys from Wales, I need you. Uh, we haven't had any Welsh people or Northern Irish. So come on, let's have you for 2020, please. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was my aim. You know, it, was, it was to set it up. Um, and I guess, I don't know. When, when people know me, they haven't really got a choice. If I start talking to them about something and say, I want you to do something, they're, they're probably going to do it. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, if, you, if anyone talks to them about the work parties, they're, they're going to be persuaded by the end of it. So. Pretty much, yeah. I think everyone that I've spoken to, even after hearing your speech about work party, they're going out there and doing it. I'm like, guys, you've got to do it. It's like the best week of your life. So, yeah, definitely want to do If you're looking yeah, for yeah. a residential for your Queen's Scout Award or any of those awards, yeah. definitely out canvassing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and, it's, and it's awesome. Like, it's quite funny when I talk to a lot of people at work about this sort of stuff you know and, and they're like I don't know you do all this scouting stuff but when do you find time for yourself and I'm like well like occasionally but not really I said I just I usually overlap scouting with other stuff yeah um, you know my girlfriend is, is absolutely amazing um, you know she wholeheartedly like supports my scouting so I'm really really lucky and blessed to have her um, but yeah I just it's kind of make it work um, but people don't ever Kind of, and I guess there's a reason for this, like this, this, this um, um, podcast. You know, you know, when people look at me, they go, "Oh, and you're a scout." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Yeah, but aren't scouts like, well, like what? Like a bit geeky?" I was like, "I don't know. I've never met a geeky scout, so you tell me." And then they're like, "Oh, but wait, you're a scout?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm a scout. Like, you know, ding gang gooly, like dip dab dog, all that." And they're like. What does that dip that dog mean? I was like, actually, it's spelled D-Y-B, D-Y-B, D-O-B, D-O-B, and it's do your best, do your best, do our best, do our best. And they're like, I never knew that. Oh, I never knew that either. I just thought that was some random thing. Yeah, yeah, so oh, dip, 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 dog, dog, that's what it means. That's how it's spelled. And actually, when we look at that fundamentals, do your best, do our best, if we took that personality, or sorry, took that kind of um, analogy and took that, um, I don't know, uh, I can't think of the word. Phrasing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that through life. Imagine how good the world will be. Yeah. You know? So when we when we talk about scouting, we talk about non-formal education, we, we take the mick out of it. And I, obviously I talk about scouting because I'm passionate about it. But what I'm actually more passionate about is giving young people the opportunities to be as amazing as they can. Yeah. All non-formal education does that. Whether it's the Duke of Edinburgh scheme, whether it's girl guides, whether it's scouting, whether it's youth clubs, whether you know, boys brigade, whatever it is. If you give young people a platform and an opportunity to be the amazing, absolute, wonderful, brilliant, fantastic people they are, they will shine. Absolutely. Governments, ministers, you're listening to this, <laughs> invest in young people because I promise you it will come out. It will be worth it. So you talked a little bit about work life and scouts. So mm. how do you think the scouts have actually helped you with your work life and what you do? Oh, I mean, scouting is... Yeah, I mean, I'm a police officer, so you know, dealing with, with victims of, of crime and stuff like that, you have to have a massive amount of empathy. Now, I picked up empathy when I was a scout, and 
empathy for me was as as my fundamentals was when we go to hike when we used to go hiking we used to always say to people and me included when i was a scout you walk to the to the pace of the slowest person why yeah. because they don't want to be left behind you are a team we are a team we started together we're going to finish together when you walk to the pace of the slowest person you all finish together that allows and that makes that makes young people take on empathy whether they want to or not because they're like god we've got to walk really slow and then we explain to people and they see that person in front doing their best struggling but doing their best yeah. they're like fair play and you see that on young people's faces they're like yeah do you know what fair play i know i can walk faster but you're struggling but you're doing your best yeah respect and that's that's where empathy is built and for me, I use that every day when I deal with victims. You know, when you deal with a victim of crime, whether it's a serious sexual assault or a serious serious assault or someone that's been robbed, you know, it, they're victims of crime, and you have to have that empathy of you're not you're not being sympathetic because you're not going through what they're going through. You can be empathetic, and that and that's a choice. Empathy is a choice of yeah. saying I'm going to try and understand what you're going through. That's all it is. And that's what empathy is. And when we instill those fundamentals in scouting by doing the things that I just said about hiking, actually that's what we do. Now yeah. I use those skills every day. Doing your best, I do that every time. In everything I do, absolutely everything I do, I do my best. Probably sometimes to my detriment, because I do I take on ten roles and I do it hundred percent. But that's the, the scouting that's been instilled in me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, scouting, obviously, you do speak incredibly passionately about it, but that's not the only sort of volunteering you do as well. You also do a lot with Macmillan. Do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I was diagnosed with leukaemia six years ago, um, and I chose to um, kind of set up a walk, Kiwi's Kickaway Cancer Walk, to try and raise money. And the first walk, part of that money went to Macmillan. Um, but now I do quite a lot of work with, um, again, scouting happens. You know, CJ Ledger, bless you. Shout out to you. Uh, she introduced me to somebody from Macmillan. Uh, not introduced me, but recommended me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, Macmillan uh, got in touch with me. I got in touch with uh, the people from Macmillan and we, we got talking and they've done a video on me, uh, which has been incredible. Like, it's been really, really humbling um, to just talk about my cancer journey and how they helped. Um, but yeah, so I, so I do a lot of charity work um, in terms of raising money. Um, my charity walks, um, actually raise money for the hospital that does my treatment. Okay. Um, so we raised so far 10,370 £10, pounds. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's been mad. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still overwhelmed when I, when I think about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's been really cool. Um, it's just my way of giving something back. Um, yeah. And again, the fundamentals I learned from scouting, you know. So do you think scouting also helped you through that difficult time as well? Massively, like, oh hugely. Yeah, I mean I you know I organised a walk. Uh, I, I would never have been able to do that without the skills of scouting because I organised camps at scouting, I organised yeah. other things, you know, I learned that if you want to do something and be somewhere in life, you've got to be a motivator, you've got to be a self-starter. You have to get up and drag yourself out of bed and do X, Y, and Z. No one else is gonna do it for you. And if you're passionate about something and you wanna do it, you can achieve anything. That's what I that's what scouting has taught me. Um, so yeah, so my walking is going to happen again in 2020. My aim is to um, aim for the milestone of 15 grand. Um, and every other year I'll be doing some charity work with Macmillan. Um, yeah, so keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so as well as 
your scouting, your work with McMillan, you also have a blog and vlog as well. So do you want to give yourself a little bit of a plug? And yeah, so my, so my blog is uh, called uh, www.kiwisblog.com. Um, it's about my experiences around life, depression, mental health, well-being, talking about the stigma around mental health, uh, the cancer journey that I went through, um, just talking about random stuff that I go through in life and then I put it on paper and for some reason it, it seems to make sense to some people, so it's cool. Uh, and my vlogs are the same, but just um, we get to see my ugly mug uh, <laughs> talking about a lot of stuff. Um, so my vlog that's going to be coming out soon, my vlog series, is going to be about my cancer journey where I talk about uh, five different emotions of fight, fear, fairness, hate and anger, and finally acceptance. Yeah. So we'll uh, put the links to those on the uh, podcast description as well, so you Thank can you. find those. Yeah. And uh, also a link to Kiwi's amazing video with McMillan. It's definitely, don't watch it around kids, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a thought-provoking <laughs> video, yeah, yeah. video. Yeah, and definitely a different spin on things as well. Um, Kiwi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, um, no, no, that's all right. No. I feel like there are so many more questions we'll get in, and uh, <laughs> we'll probably have you on again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk no, even no, more no. about scouting. More than but, happy uh, to. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, no, thank you. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Again, sorry about the quality, but you know, got to try new venues and maybe I'll roll out that pub in the future. But um, yeah, it was a great interviewing Kiwi. I hope you could hear just how passionate and genuinely in love with scouting that Kiwi is. Um, he's had an incredible journey and please do check out his YouTube channel and his blog and all the different social media stuff that's in the description about Kiwi because I promise you, you won't be disappointed. You can also see more about his work with Macmillan and his story with that and everything he's doing there. Um, as always, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast to share it with a friend. If you're at a Wild Scout Jamboree, why not like share it with a friend there, you know? Just help a fella scout out and spread it across the world. That's always good. There's my plug. Um, yeah, if you are at a jamboree or whatever scouting you are doing over the next few weeks, I hope you're having the best time. Or if this is your last week and you're stopping for summer, good on you. Have a nice break. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy some time off. And while you're there, if you've got a friend you think Anna should totally interview them, share it with me. I want to hear. Um, yeah, tweet me at wait, you're a scout share all the people that you think I should interview or if you think I'm pretty awesome you should talk to me let me know I've got a few people that I'm in contact with at the moment for future episodes so you know I do listen um yes yeah, so like I said rate review subscribe follow Kiwi on all of the social stuff follow the podcast and all the social stuff and I will speak to you all soon thanks guys